Hello and welcome to another episode of You're Not On Your Own with me, Mariah. As you can tell by the title, this episode is going to be about children and young people's mental health. Now, according to the NHS research um, in July 2020, one in six children aged 5 to 16 were identified as having a probable mental health disorder. If your child is struggling with their mental health, whether that's due to uh, the pandemic or they're already struggling in general, then hopefully this episode will help you. We will be joined again with Rachel from the NSPCC. She's a local campaigns manager um, from the Midlands. Uh, Rachel joined us last month and talked about child bullying. If you haven't heard this yet, I definitely recommend you listening to it. She will be giving us advice today about children and young people's mental health, uh, in particularly common mental health problems such as anxiety and depression. I'm now joined with Rachel. Rachel, welcome back. You first start off by telling us what are the common symptoms of anxiety and depression? Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. So um, sometimes it can be hard to spot the signs of anxiety and depression, particularly given that it can sometimes look like normal behaviour because um, teenagers often try and keep those feelings to themselves. So it can be really tricky to spot. And it, it's also worth noting that stress and anxiety can be natural and can be part of the cycles that we go through. So things like exams or moving school naturally cause feelings of stress and anxiety and might show some of the signs and symptoms but I think today we're really focused on talking about those longer term themes of anxiety and stress and how they affect children and young people every day so first thing that I'd say is think about what's normal for your child and looking for signs that they might be behaving differently to what you'd expect of them and then in particular signs that you might be looking out for slightly different in terms of depression and anxiety so if we start with depression it might be things like a persistent low mood a lack of motivation your child might not be enjoying things that they used to enjoy or they might become withdrawn and want to spend less time with friends and family they might show really low self-esteem or have a sense that they feel worthless which might show them as being tearful or upset regularly and have changes in their habits of eating and sleeping um, and then in terms of anxiety, lots of the signs are similar but a bit different. So again, children might become socially withdrawn, spend less time with friends and family, but they might also be really on edge or nervous lots of the time and you might see things like panic attacks. Again, they might be tearful or upset regularly, but they might also seem quite angry at times and there might be trouble sleeping for them. And again, you might see changes in their eating habits. So lots of different signs and symptoms to look out for, but particularly thinking about what's different to how your child normally behaves and what you'd be expecting for your child. And if a parent is worried about their child's mental health, where could they go to get help? Yeah, I think first of all, it's worth acknowledging that it can be really hard to accept if you, you know that your child might be struggling with mental health. So the first step that we'd say is encouraging your young person to your child to go and see a GP because that's the route that they're going to be able to go and access professional help through but there are also other things that you can do so for example pointing children towards Childline which is there to support children and young people so your child could phone Childline on 0800 1111 and that's a free phone call where they can speak to a trained counsellor or they could access support from the Childline website as well so by going to childline.org.uk where they could have a live one-to-one chat with a trained counsellor or use the email service, as well as lots of other options for getting support on the website. But you could also speak to your child's school. So there should be, for example, somebody at the child's school who children who are struggling with their mental health can speak to regularly. So, for example, that might be a school counsellor that you can speak to. There's also the Child and Adult Mental Health Services, which are known as CAMS. 
So that's a free IHS service for under 18, and they focus on helping children and young people who are struggling with serious mental health problems, so things like depression, anxiety, self-harm, panic attacks, and eating problems. So a few different places that they can go to for support, um, and parents can also contact the NSPCC helpline. So if you're ever worried about a child, whether that's with mental health or something else, the NSPCC helpline is there for you, and you can phone the helpline on 0808 800 5000. Is mental health in youths increasing or decreasing in the last five years, and why could this be? I think that's a really interesting question. Mental health remains the top concern that children contact Childline about, but it is quite difficult to compare to previous years, particularly with the changing dynamics in the pandemic. But we know that children contact us regularly about anxiety, low mood, depression, loneliness, low self-esteem. And in the latest Childline Annual Review, 45% of our contacts were found to be counselling sessions about emotional health and well-being, and that included things like self-harm and suicidal thoughts and feelings. That 45% figure does seem high, but there's a number of reasons for that, and it might be linked to children feeling able to talk about mental health, and if children are more able to talk about mental health, then that can only be a good thing. And um, what impact has the lockdowns and the pandemic had on mental health in young people? Yeah, so we've seen lots of different impacts of the lockdown. So since the pandemic started, we've seen the top concerns coming to childline, like I say, things like low mood, depression, loneliness, low self-esteem. And some children have told us that they felt isolated or overwhelmed, and that's been linked to concerns about things like members of their family, worries that they might catch the virus. Um, concerns about school closures and cancelled exams and young people telling us that they felt cut off from the support networks so and they're missing friends and families. So a real range of aspects of mental health impacted by the lockdown is what we've seen. And how can parents support their children through the pandemic and all the changes that's taken place? Yeah, so there's lots of different things that parents can do. Um, the first thing I'd say is to encourage your, young, your child to talk, so thinking about them talking to a trusted adult, sharing how they're feeling, and if they're not feeling comfortable to speak to an adult who they know, then child lines there for them, like I was saying before. But other things to do include trying to create structure and routine. So we know it was a really turbulent 2020 and continues to be quite turbulent 2021, so the normal routine isn't always available for us at the moment, and hasn't been over the past 18 months. So thinking about ways that you can bring in structure to create that feeling of stability and alleviating anxiety. So that might be about introducing a rotor or a loose timetable at home and focusing there on fun things that might happen during the day or during the week or whatever time scale it is that you're working towards. Another tip would be like giving children that sense of control. So we know that uncertainty can make them really feel really stressful. So knowing that we don't always have the answers is reassuring too and helping them to go and look online and find resources to help them with their worries. Um, and Childline also has advice on um, coronavirus and how to alleviate anxiety as well. And then two more tips. Um, so help your child manage the stress during the lockdowns and the pandemic. So before trying to fix the problem, really listen to what the children are talking about and ask about what the, how they might like to go about fixing the problem, tackling the problem going forward and letting them know that those difficult things do happen and can cause us to feel like we can't cope. But that's okay because it's how we manage it going forward that matters. So things like carving out time to relax or physical activity and being outside and trying to break that stress, worry, anxiety cycle. And the last tip I'd give in terms of um, 
reduce stress to help enjoy the pandemic um, is trying to mix up the amount of screen time with activities off the screen as well so we know that the online world really helped us to connect and have lots of benefits over the past 18 months to help people stay in touch with friends and family but it's important to also balance that with offline activities as well helping increase the feelings of connection with others and limiting that isolation and sense of loneliness so lots of different tips for you there about talking giving structure and routine giving children a sense of control managing stress and also thinking about balancing that screen time and offline activities as well you mentioned about the children and managing stress um is there anything they can do themselves to to reduce their stress yeah absolutely so we know that when children feel stressed it can feel like carrying lots of pressure and negative thoughts around so one of the tips we give children is to write things down so that might be a diary or notes or drawing and that can really help to identify the cause of stress and then other tips that we give are around things like activ- relaxing activities, so that might be breathing exercises or listening to or creating their own music, going for a walk, having time outside, taking a bath, lots of different things. And then similar to what we were saying about parents before, you know, thinking about organising the day, thinking about the timetable and the schedule, and also thinking about keeping active and thinking about having a good diet. But by keeping active, we don't necessarily mean it has to be really sporty or really competitive. It can be really simple things like walking or swimming, yoga, skipping, skateboarding, dancing, lots of different ideas. And you've mentioned Childline. Can you tell us a little bit about Childline and the impact it has on young people struggling with their mental health? Absolutely. So it might just help to sort of think about why Childline is here. So we know that children don't always know who they can trust. And if children don't have a, a safe place to go to they might speak to the wrong person or they might keep fears to themselves and we know that home isn't a safe place for everyone and particularly during the pandemic we've seen an increasing number of children who feel trapped lonely and unsure about who they can trust the child lines here is a free confidential service that gives children support whenever they need it so last year for example we spoke to 76,000 children or young people for the first time during counselling sessions so they've not contacted us before and some of the things that children tell us helps them when they speak to Childline they tell us that Childline helps them feel less alone with their problems that Childline helps them see their problems from a new perspective and also that talking about problems with Childline helps them open up with other people and it's not just a counselling service either there's lots of support on the website and it always puts young people first so things like games and tools and advice and support on lots of different topics from making friends to child abuse as well as our message boards there where children and young people can share worries with other young people in that safe online space and those message boards last year had 58,000 posts so lots of different ways that Childline supports children including with their mental health. And lastly if you notice that your child has started to self-harm what can parents do in this situation? Yeah, I think it's worth acknowledging that it can be really difficult to find out that a child's self-harming and really hard to accept. And we know it's natural for parents or other adults involved to feel really anxious and upset. We, you know, we know examples where parents might blame themselves or feel powerless to help. So I think the first thing to say is try to stay calm and remember that you are able to support your child and access support as well. So perhaps start by showing that you're there whenever your child chooses to talk. So if they do choose to talk, try to just listen. Avoid asking too many questions about why they're self-harming so it doesn't seem like you're judging. 
And it can also really help to focus on the cause of the self-harm. So often self-harm is linked to things like depression or anxiety, or perhaps there's cases of bullying. So it can often help to focus on that cause rather than the self-harm itself. Um, and also, instead of asking children to stop self-harming, it can be good to suggest alternatives to help them cope with those difficult feelings that they're experiencing. So some of those alternatives include things like painting, drawing or scribbling in red ink, or writing down negative feelings and ripping up the paper, or using an elastic band around the wrist and pinging the elastic band every time to reduce the urge to self-harm. <coughs> Similarly, to use a pillow to punch into or to scream into. And other options include things like listening to music, talking to friends and family, having a bath or a shower, exercising like we were saying before, or even things like watching your favourite funny films. Um, so lots of sort of tips as alternatives to help them cope with those difficult feelings. But another thing you can do as a parent is remembering that lots of children who do self-harm come from a place where they're really struggling with their low self-esteem, they're really lacking confidence. So one of the things that you can do is to remind your child about the things that they do well or to learn something new together with them to enjoy doing. So that might be to learn to play the guitar or taking part in a new craft that you've not tried before. And another thing you can do is to make a list of things that make you feel proud of your child. And we'd advise that you try and focus on their personality in that rather than things like their academic achievements. So lots of information there. It's worth having a look at the NSPC website to sort of find that information again and go through it at a slower pace probably. But lots of tips to help there, hopefully. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Um, thank you. And and lastly, um, with you saying that parents could get help uh, with, with this, uh, is there a helpline that they could call? Yeah, absolutely. So the NSPC helpline is there for any parents who are worried about a child and our number is 0808 800 5000 or you can contact by email as well at help at nspcc.org.uk. Oh, thank you, Rachel. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'd like to say thank you to Rachel and the NSPCC for taking part. I'll leave a link in the description to the websites in which Rachel mentioned so that you can get that help uh, for your children. And the next episode we will be doing um, with our series based on safeguarding with Rachel and the NSPCC will be based on how to keep children safe from grooming. So do stay tuned and follow the Twitter at Not On Your Own One to find out when that will be happening. Um, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.